and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. We begin today with a little bit of music from Milka Andreeva from the Strancha region, the mountain region of Bulgaria. And Bulgaria is the main topic on our program today. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 667 for release on Sunday, December 5th, 2021. On WaveScan today, Radio in Bulgaria celebrates 100 years and our Japan DX report. It was on September 25th, 1921, that the very first radio broadcasting event took place in Bulgaria, and they celebrated the 100th anniversary of this historic event on September 25th, 2021, just three months back. Their very first radio broadcast was the live relay of a program from Germany via a Morse code transmitter that was specially modified for the event as Ray Robinson tells us. Thanks, Jeff. The broadcast of the radio programme from Germany was announced in advance, a programme in both German and Russian, and it was transmitted from the German radio station at Nauen, near Berlin. Back then, the German station at Nauen operated on several different experimental longwave channels under the internationally recognised callsign POZ. The low-powered modified Morse code transmitter in Bulgaria was installed in a government building near the railway station in Sofia, and the reception and the relay of the broadcast from Germany was a successful and historic radio event. His Majesty the late King Boris III heard the historic relay broadcast via the modified radio transmitter in his own capital city, Sofia, with the use of what we would call today a set of antiquated headphones. That first experimental radio broadcast was aired on September 25th, 1921. The first transmission at the beginning of what became a regular radio broadcasting service was inaugurated on medium wave in Sofia eight years later on November 24th, 1929. At the same time, a home service on shortwave was commenced with the use of two Marconi communication transmitters on 7460 and 14970 kHz. Seven years later, one of the shortwave transmitters was renovated and an international service was inaugurated under the call sign LZA on May 24, 1936. On-air programming was for the benefit of Bulgarian citizens living abroad, and it was presented in two languages, Bulgarian and Esperanto. Back during the World War II era, the shortwave transmitters in Bulgaria were taken into use for the relay of programming from other countries. The relay of programming from Radio Moscow in Russia, as well as the Radio España Independente service, began during the European War. For a period of eight years, beginning in the latter part of 1953, the programming of Radio Tirana Albania was also noted being relayed from Radio Sofia in Bulgaria. As stated in the American radio magazine Radio News, this half-hour program was on the air on Sundays only at midnight 30 UTC on 9700 kHz. 
According to the 1956 edition of the World Radio TV Handbook, the frequency 9700 kHz was emitted by a 100 kW transmitter located at Stolnik in Bulgaria. Interestingly, the relevant issues of the World Radio TV Handbook during this era do not list the Bulgarian relay from Radio Tirana, though the actual time slot in the service to North America on 9700 kHz is simply shown as vacant. In November 1961, two new 50 kilowatt transmitters were inaugurated for Radio Tirana at Siak in Albania, and the weekly relay via Radio Sofia Bulgaria came to a quiet end. Radio Sofia in Bulgaria began the broadcast of programming on behalf of Voice of America in 1993. However, all usage of shortwave for the broadcast of home service and international service programming came to an end around the turn of the century. Now, Jeff, can you tell us something about the Spaceline service from Bulgaria? Yes, Ray. In 1995, private ownership and transferal of assets moved from the Bulgarian government to a privately held consortium named Spaceline Limited Bulgaria, also known as Spaceline BG. Startup was begun with a group of experts in telecommunications, TV, and radio broadcasting, including Dimitar Todorov, the new CEO, and Venceslav Gergiev, the technical manager. As an aside, Vence grew up at Radio Bulgaria's transmission site, as his mother was a longtime Radio Bulgaria employee. As a for-profit company, Spaceline took control of all former Radio Bulgaria transmitters and towers, as well as dotted line responsibility for the former Radio Bulgaria transmitter and tower contacts in Eastern Europe and Asia. There are transmission sites in Bulgaria and Armenia, as well as other locations. The company has accomplished a number of transmitter renovation projects in Eastern Europe and Asia, improving the performance, quality, and coverage of the facilities being modernized. Most of these facilities are now being used by Spaceline for serving its customers. Spaceline Limited provides airtime on most of the broadcasting platforms, with emphasis on shortwave, mediumwave, and longwave, but also extending its network to cover rising demands for radio and TV transmission on satellite and Internet. Spaceline has successfully negotiated the often murky for-profit Eastern European Broadcasting Seas since 1995. Spaceline BG is a member of the High Frequency Coordination Conference, HFCC. It co-hosted the B14 HFCC Conference in Bulgaria, and it plans to co-host the B22 HFCC in Bulgaria also. Thanks. These days, there's just one AM radio broadcasting station on the air in Bulgaria, and this is the powerful 200-kilowatt government-owned medium-wave transmitter at Vidin on 576 kHz. The city of Vidin is located 50 miles north of the national capital, Sofia, and the medium-wave transmitter gives wide coverage throughout Bulgaria and beyond. As would be expected these days, there's a huge number of government-owned and commercially operated FM stations throughout the entire country of Bulgaria, all operating in what we would call the standard international FM Band 2. 
Shortwave Radio Sophia was noted in earlier years as a prolific verifier of listener reception reports, though they did operate under their own distinct procedures that were a little different from what other major stations had implemented. In earlier days, Radio Sophia Shortwave requested listeners to submit a sequence of reception reports within a stated period of time, and these reports would then be verified by a series of six QSL cards in a progressive sequence. After six QSL cards had been sent to a listener, then a diploma was available, and there were three progressive diplomas, bronze, silver and gold. In order to obtain a gold diploma at one stage, it was necessary for listeners to send in a total of 63 reception reports within a period of somewhere around 70 weeks, a total time period of nearly one and a half years. However, Radio Sophia did acknowledge many reception reports with the regular processing of QSL cards that were not linked to the diploma system. In addition, they also sent out New Year and Spring greeting cards, picture cards of Bulgaria, and letters of greeting that described various events and places of interest in their country. So we congratulate Bulgaria on the occasion of the 100th anniversary of radio broadcasting in their country. Back to you, Jeff. Okay, thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Well, 2021 marks the 85th anniversary of the Bulgarian National Radio's foreign language service to the world. It all began in 1936, one year after the Bulgarian radio was officially launched, what is now Radio Bulgaria went on the air. It was a Sunday when Radio Sofia's full morning program was launched to reach Europe, North America, and North Africa. Now, 85 years later, Radio Bulgaria is still talking to the world about the country in English, German, French, Spanish, Russian, Serbian, Greek, Albanian, Turkish, and Bulgarian, albeit only via the Internet. A special feature series about the 85th anniversary is presenting intriguing facts from the history of Radio Bulgaria, its golden voices, as well as reminiscences from the people who've worked at Radio Bulgaria through the years. This series is being broadcast on uh, their program on the Internet now. And I want to take just a little bit of information from this series. On 25th of January, 1935, Tsar Boris III signed a decree making radio broadcasting in Bulgaria state-owned. And the idea for Radio Sofia to broadcast in different languages came into being several months later. So it came about that in early 1936, the first transmission targeted at other countries was launched in the Bulgarian language, plus news bulletins in Esperanto. The Bulgarian National Radio's foreign language programs were only renamed Radio Bulgaria in 1992, from Radio Sofia to Radio Bulgaria. From the very onset, the engineers, technicians, and editors of the radio regarded it as a means of communication connecting Bulgarians around the world and bringing foreigners information about the country, says Antoinette Radoslavova Deutscheva, curator of the Museum of History of Radio in Bulgaria. The technical conditions capable of bringing this idea to fruition were created by engineer Minko Topolov and technician Kosta Adamov, who adapted the radio telegraph transmitter near Sofia's railway station for shortwave broadcasts. 
To begin with, the news broadcasts covered different spheres, culture, economy, sports and folklore, tourist and historical sites. Interestingly, they wrote the texts for the broadcasts by hand, in big letters and very legibly, so as to be able to read them smoothly when they went on the air. After the communist coup on September 9, 1944, the broadcasts were transformed to become propaganda of the socialist way of life. This propaganda, targeted at other countries, was supervised by the Political Information Department's External Information Section, which prepared the program in 15 foreign languages. On January 31, 2012, Radio Bulgaria terminated its shortwave broadcasts and migrated to the Internet. Still, says Antoinette Radoslavova, I am happy that the radio's foreign language programs have continued, albeit online, because the policy regarding Bulgarians abroad should be continued. This is Radio Bulgaria. Stay tuned for an announcement. Radio Bulgaria stops transmitting on these frequencies. The reasons are financial, but also motivated by our desire to continue developing in accordance with modern technologies. This will mark a new stage of the development of Radio Bulgaria. We hope to preserve our long-term friendship with the listeners and their trust. We shall continue to be with you, as well as with our future listeners, who will become part of the big family of Radio Bulgaria. On the website of the Bulgarian National Radio, which is www.bnr.bg, you can now listen to the new podcast of Radio Bulgaria, Bulgaria Today, in English, German, French, Spanish, Russian, Serbian, Greek, Albanian and Turkish. Hello, you're listening to Radio Bulgaria's webcast. My name is Alexander Markov. Coming up on the show today, we bring you first the latest news stories from this country. Next on the show, ice cream made in the Bulgarian village of Rosino is in top 10 of the best gelati in the world. At the end, we bring you some Bulgarian music. Stay with us. The Bulgarian National Radio has resumed its programs in foreign languages after a five-year pause. Radio Bulgaria's new audio program brings its listeners an overview of the most important news stories from and about Bulgaria. It monitors the COVID situation, presents interesting tourist destinations, and sheds light on the way of life, culture, and history of the country. The restart of the foreign language programs is part of Bulgarian National Radio's campaign Hear the Voice of Bulgaria, aimed at presenting and promoting the country among foreign citizens interested in business, education, or tourism in Bulgaria. Bulgaria Today is available via any mobile device via the BNR website, which again is www.bnr.bg. 
Bulgaria Today. You're listening to WaveScan from Adventist World Radio. You may have been hearing in the news lately about public demonstrations in the Solomon Islands in the South Pacific in recent days, leading to the burning of buildings and of some human beings as well in the capital, Honiara. Some shortwave listeners have been able to follow the government's side of these developments on the Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation, or SIBC, on 5020 kilohertz. Here's a bit of what we've been hearing recently on SIBC's online stream. Tune in to 1035, 5020, FM 96.3, and live streaming. SIBC, Voice of the Nation. The Our Telecom Time Check. It's 11 o'clock. Connecting you across Solomon Islands with the biggest nationwide mobile coverage. Kabani Bluyumi. News on SIBC. I'm Cheryl Aumanu. Protesters have regrouped this morning and started their unlawful activities in parts of Honiara. In central Honiara, especially in Chinatown area, protesters have launched fresh looting and burning of buildings. This is SIBC, the voice of the nation, reaching you on air and online. Visit us on sibconline.com.sb. You can hear the Solemn Islands Broadcasting Corporation on 5020 kHz shortwave and also on their web stream. Listener Jesse Finkelstein in Florida alerted us to a new 10-part television series on Netflix, which may be of interest to some of you in the United States and other areas that have access to the Netflix TV streaming service. The series is called Gloria and it's a Cold War spy series based at the Radio Free Europe shortwave transmission facility in the country village of Gloria do Ribatejo in Portugal. The main character is an engineer who's employed at the station, but courted by the KGB. The U.S.-funded Radio Free Europe relay station in Portugal was called RARET, R-A-R-E-T, which stands for Radio Retransmissão, which means radio retransmission. RARET is described as a secretive arm of Radio Free Europe, and the movie is loosely based on reality. Here's part of the trailer for the series. I'm pleased you're here at RARET. I can see that security here is important. We're together in this fight against communism. Portugal's at the right distance to send a signal to the Eastern Bloc. War is waged with more than weapons, though, and that's where we get involved. We have a KGB agent inside Rarit. We have to find and eliminate him. The TV series is called Gloria, and it's streaming now on Netflix in the U.S. and probably in other countries as well. Historical information on the Internet indicates that the Gloria do Ribatejo site had up to 18 transmitters at one time and 20-some antennas beaming to Eastern Europe. Most of the programming came from RFE's headquarters in Germany, 
It was broadcast on shortwave from Germany, picked up and recorded at a receive site not too far from Gloria do Ribatejo, and reel-to-reel tapes were taken by personnel to Gloria for rebroadcast to Eastern Europe about an hour later. Today, the very large facility seems to be abandoned and in ruins. The site had such amenities as housing for personnel, a recreation center, swimming pool, bar, restaurant, and even its own gasoline station. Let's go to Yukiko Tsuji now with our Japan DX report. Hello and welcome to the DX report of the month from Japan Showtime Club, aided by Toshi Otake, and I'm Yukiko Tsuji. Mr. Nishiguchi had interest in the expeditions at Ioka Gyobu Cape in Chiba Prefecture, facing Pacific Ocean. Here are some of his loggings. DXCC from Cagayan de Oro, Philippines, was heard on 828 kHz on October 31st, from the sign-on at 19.55 to 20.06 UTC in English and Filipino. SIO rating was 322, then down to 311. Philippine National Anthem was aired, followed by opening announcement and religious talk. DWN from Malabon City, Philippines, was heard on 1350 kHz on October 30th from 12.45 to 13.10 UTC in Filipino. SIO rating was 322, then down to 211. Religious talk was on the air. ID was given at 13.02 as Radio La Verdad, UNTV Radio. 2QN from Deniliquin, New South Wales, Australia, was received on 1521 kHz on October 31st from 1855 to 1909 UTC in English. SIO rating was 242, then down to 222. News talk was aired. ID was given at 1906 as 1521 2QN broadcast. ABC 5LC from Lee Creek South, South Australia, was heard on 1602 kHz on October 31st from 1925 to 1947 UTC in English. Country music program was broadcast. ID was given at 1929 as ABC Radio South Australia. Then ABC National News started. We have several more DX reports from our club members this week. Radio Thailand World Service was heard on 13750 kHz on November 3rd from the sign-on at 0000 to 0031 UTC in English. SIO rating was 433. National news was aired, followed by global news at 0012 and business news at 0024. QRM was from an unknown Chinese language station on the same frequency. Radio Ibrahim via Tashkent, Uzbekistan, was received on 5895 kHz on November 9th from 1510 to the sign-off at 1526 UTC in Bengali. SIO rating was 343. Talk program and local song were broadcast. Voice of Turkey was heard on 11965 kHz on October 31st from 1259 with interval signal to the sign-off at 1324 UTC in Turkmen. SIO rating was 343. News and the Turkish songs were on the air. ID was given at 1311. 
Voice of Hope Africa from Lusaka, Zambia, was heard on 9680 kHz on November 6 from 1530 to the sign off at 1550 UTC in English. SIO rating was 252. Gospel songs and the talk program were aired. ID was given at 1541. VOA via San Tome e Principe was received on 11850 kHz on November 2nd from the sign on at 1730 to 1750 UTC in English. SIO rating was 453. It signed on with VOA news followed by commentary and talk program about medical support for Nigeria. ID was given at 1749. Finally, Japan Shortwave Club will issue the QSL cards for the correct reports on our segment of WaveScan program. We are issuing QSL cards by email to the report sent by email. Our address for your email report is jswcqsl.live.jp. I repeat, jswcqsl.live.jp. We continue to issue the printed QSL card by the same system as before. Your report should be addressed to JSWC PO Box 44 Kamakura, which is K A M A K U R A, postal code 248-8691, Japan. One ILC or two US dollars for return postage will be appreciated. For this edition of DX Report, we'd like to thank Mr. Yoshiaki Hayashi. Mr. Iwao Nagatani, Mr. Chiaki Shimada, Mr. Takashi Nishiguchi, and Mr. Kazuaki Oikawa for sharing the information with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us for our next edition of DX Report of Japan Shotab Club. I'm Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo. Thank you, Yukiko. And we end WaveScan today with music by Bulgarian Tedotsi Spasov. And a song called Colored Glass, played on the shepherd's flute. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, dogs, birds, a volcano, and a radio station on a small island off the coast of Africa. And our Philippine DX report as well. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for this program to the AWR address in Thailand. Stay tuned for that. And also to the station your radio is tuned to WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards 
is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, in the U.S. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>